Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Uh, in the last three days, we've been in a meeting called Revive, and God has been so good to us. And this morning, He just wants to give us a top-up. Uh, till our cup runs over, like we sang in that song. So we want to encourage you, um, just like you heard during the, if you, 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 didn't, you weren't part of this from the start, uh, we just read out a testimony uh, that, that one of us uh, sent in from the, from the program of the last three days. Uh, we know that God has done so many more wonderful things. I just want to encourage you, if, if God has done anything in your life through this ministry, either in these last three days or in the past, we want to hear about it. We want to celebrate God with you. and We want to, to be able to use that to put faith in the hearts of other people so that they can believe that God still does miracles, that God still does great and mighty things. Let's share a word of prayer and just go straight into it today. I want you to be able to go home today and just relax, you know, go and sleep, recover. Those of you that need to go to work tomorrow, <laughs> you can re-energize yourself, all right? Let's say a prayer together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we have come before your word again today like people that have found a great spoil. We ask for eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. I ask that you anoint me and my lips of clay so that your word will come unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. At the end of this message, let everybody be edified and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, this morning I wanted to... I wanted to share with you about how to keep the fire burning um, because, of course, that's the, the next most reasonable thing to talk about after the kind of three days that we have had is how to preserve the fire that God has lit uh, in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, but uh, last night as I prayed, I just realized that, you know, God wants me to, to revisit the message that I was supposed to preach on Thursday, I think that was Thursday night, um, about, about healing. And the reason is when God does certain things like he has done over the last three days, I've seen, like I told you yesterday, I've seen it so many times that people lose their miracles very, very easily uh, because the, the devil, our adversary, is a master at convincing. He's a master. He would, that's why the Bible says the, the word was sown in their hearts and right away it came, right away. He doesn't waste time. Uh-huh. He will come right away and try to take that thing from you. Yeah, sometimes he will try to use symptoms uh, to take that away from you, to convince you that th- that was not really a miracle. <laughs> and that's what holds people back when, when it comes to sharing testimonies, because they feel like, but, but I still feel symptoms, so what, what do I do with this? That's what I want to share with you today. Uh, I want to, to because the, the Bible talks about the fact that by wisdom a house is built, it's by knowledge that it is established. Uh-huh. So we want to look at, have knowledge about what really belongs to us. And the other thing that God said was that there's still some, some, there's still some work to be done in the hearts of some people, and that some people are going to join us online today, um, either right now or even watch this later on, that it is during this message that they will receive their own healing. It is while this message is going on that I would not need to pray today, I would not need to raise my voice, <laughs> but that during this message, some people will get healed. Why is that? Psalm 107 and verse 20. This is the reason. Psalm 107, verse 20. The Bible says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. 
So as you pay attention, as we, as we share God's word, um, it's, it's going to sound like a teaching because it's a teaching. But as the teaching is going on, just make sure you don't sleep. <laughs> Stay awake. And while the message is going on, you will receive your own miracle. Whether you are in the room or you are online, that is why it is the overflow. Uh, I remember the, the, the gentleman that shared his testimony the other time, uh, last year, uh, he just came into a service. We didn't even pray. It was while the word of God was going on that he got healed. So God still does things like that, and he's going to do that this morning as well. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Healing Belongs to You. Healing Belongs to You. Can you say that with me? Healing belongs to me. Say it like you mean it. Say healing belongs to me. Exodus chapter number 15 and verse 25. Let's read this. Exodus 15 from verse 25 and 26. It says, so he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. And I remember we said that there is a difference between healing and divine health. They are two different things. And that divine health is what we find in 3 John verse 2 that says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So we said divine health is the ability to stay free of sickness and disease. If you are taking notes, please write this down. If you, are, if you are not taking notes, please write this down because you should be taking notes. Divine health is the ability to stay free of sickness and disease through the quickening of your mortal body by the Holy Spirit. Divine health is the ability to stay free of sickness and disease through the quickening of your mortal body by the Holy Spirit. And we find this in Romans chapter number 8 and verse 11. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And it is this spirit that vitalizes our mortal body. If you look at other translations, it uses a lot of different words. Quickens your mortal bodies, vitalizes your mortal bodies, energizes your mortal bodies. So this is what the Spirit of God is supposed to do in us, to keep us in divine health. Now, the message I want to preach today, I just want to make a case to make you understand that Satan is the source of sickness and disease, and Jesus already paid the price for your healing, so that you understand that healing belongs to you. Healing is not something that you are, trying to, you are trying to get for the first time. It is something you are trying to appropriate to yourself. It's already paid for. It's like I put money in your account, and I gave you a checkbook, and I've already signed it. And I say, all you need to do now is to fill out that checkbook, cut it out, and take it to the bank. How many know if you have that checkbook in your bag, and you never fill it out and take it to the bank, no matter how much I put in that account, you don't have access to it? That's exactly what is happening with a lot of Christians, and that's why this is very, very important. So we said Satan 
is the author of sin. Very important. Number one, he is the author of sin, he is the author of sickness, and he is the author of disease. Please, never attribute sickness or disease to Jesus Christ. He is not the author of sickness and disease. Never ever join the Christians who attribute sickness to Jesus uh, because they say God is trying to teach you a lesson or he is trying to show you something you don't know. Or, you know all this theology around that. No, 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 no. The devil is the author of sickness and disease. And we find this in John chapter number 10. John chapter 10 from verse 9 to verse 10. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then he's talking about the devil now. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the assignment on Jesus. It's not to give you sickness and disease. The devil is the one who does that. And if you pay attention to this order here, you'll see that it says the devil comes to steal, then to kill, and then to destroy. There is a reason for that order. Uh, because, you see, the devil doesn't, he cannot kill you or destroy something except he first steals from you. What is he going to steal from you? The word of God is what is going to steal for you. That's the first thing. That, we see that in the book of Mark when he was talking about the parable of the sower. So what, what God uses, the same scripture that we read at the beginning that says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. The first thing this, the devil is going to come for is that word. Because he knows that if you hold on to that word and lay hold of it and you don't let it go, he cannot take your healing from you. He can't. So that next year when we come for revive, it will be you who, who received a miracle this, this year that will be coming out because there will be so many more people and you will be the ones laying hands on them. Do you understand what we're talking about? So that it's not that next year you, you, are, you, are, you are still requiring healing again. No. You understand how to keep that which belongs to you. Are you still with me? Please stay awake, okay? Like I said, it's going to get very teachy in a moment here. And I don't know how else to make you awake, but please try to stay awake, okay? This will really, really help you. Now, I was saying to you again on Thursday that there is a word that Jesus always used when he rebuked any work of Satan. So we have said sin is a work of the devil. We have said sickness is a work of the devil. Disease is a work of the devil. And Jesus showed us this because every time he wanted to rebuke a demon, he used the same word. Every time he wanted to rebuke a fever, he used the exact same word. So because he understood that the source of this thing is the same. It's the same source. And we find this. Let's start to look at it now. Luke chapter number 4 and verse 35. This is where I need you to stay awake now, okay? Luke chapter 4. This is the word in the Greek. I don't want to say it with my mouth or I don't murder it. But this is, this is it. But it's not about the Greek word. It's just the understanding that I want you to get, okay? You understand that now. Luke chapter 4 verse 35. Look at it. But Jesus rebuked him. So that word rebuke is what I, what I just showed you now. That's the word. Huh? Whether it's epitemao or whatever, whatever it is, right? That is the word that Jesus used there. That word rebuked him. He said, be quiet and come out of him. He's talking to a demon. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. So we see that here he's talking to a demon. Let's go down now to Luke 4 and 39. And let's see Jesus using this exact same word again. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, the same word. And it left her. So you are talking to a demon. You are commanding a demon to come out of somebody. It's the same word. You are talking to a fever, fever, and it's the exact same word. Why? Because you, you might think in, in our minds that 
uh, a demon is more serious than fever. You know, I used to joke with you that in fellowship, they used to testify of headache and stomach pain, and I would be feeling bad. But look at Jesus rebuking a fever. So it's, it's pretty much like, like saying, my child has a, a cold, common cold, right? Or you just go, go into the, the medicine cabinet and give him Advil. But Jesus is rebuking the fever as though it were a demon because it's the same source. Do you know that there are many people that have died from ordinary fever? So it's you attack, look, it's not, this is not a joke. You attack any walk of darkness with the same approach, the same thing, the same vigor, the same energy, whether it is a slight headache that you have or you, you dash your foot against a stone, there's provision for it in the Bible. There's provision. So you, you attack it with the exact same vigor, the exact same anger, the exact same annoyance that you attack it with because they all come from the same source. So every sickness, disease, and deformity which Christ cursed while on earth was the result of sin, which was the work of Satan. Acts chapter number 10 and verse 38. Are you still with me so far? Acts chapter 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many people did Jesus heal? All. The Bible says he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Every single person that was oppressed of the devil, Jesus healed them. Because Satan is the oppressor. Do you know that Satan literally has evil spirits on the earth? Whose chief assignment is to make people sick? Many people don't understand this. Many people don't know this at all. They just feel that sickness is a result of the natural order of things. Uh, you know, we just live on this earth. It's a cursed earth. So we should be, you know, we'll fall sick. That's okay. But I'm telling you that there are demons, spirits that are behind sickness. That's why when, when you pray, like what, they, what they, they taught us, you know, in Bible school, in demonology, you know, when you want to pray for the sick, you address the spirit behind it. Uh-huh. The, the spirit of infirmity, your spirit of blindness, you, you address the spirit because there is a spirit behind every single one of these things. Luke 13, verse 11. Let's look at it from the scripture now. Luke 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. I underline that for you so that you will see it clearly. She had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So you can see this. You know, the, the, the problem is that in medical science now, there's a name for everything. So once they give it a name, people assume that it's normal. So you see somebody who is slouched over and they're using a cane, you know, you just assume that it's normal. It's old age. It's, you know, they just excuse it away. And the more complex the name, the more respect you give to the, to the problem. <laughs> because you cannot pronounce the name. <laughs> Whatever, they just confuse you. I'm telling you the bottom line is a spirit of infirmity. That's the bottom line. So you have to understand that this is the source and you must be able to confront it. So Luke 13, 11 also informs us that this thing that this woman had was a result of Satan's work. Look at what Jesus said then in verse 16. Jesus now told them, he said, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, look at what Jesus is saying, think of it, for 18 years, Satan has bound this woman, shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? So Jesus did not attribute it to, to hereditary disease or something. You know, he said, it's just in my genes, you know, in our family line. It's just the way we are, you know. We are, no, 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 it's a spirit. There's a spirit behind And I know it's not a popular thing to say, you know. You say, ah, you Christians, you're too, uh, everything is spirit. Everything is spirit. It is. I'm telling you, it is spirit. <laughs> There's a spirit behind it. 
<laughs> so again, the word for infirmity here is the word asthenia, and it's the most common word in the Greek language for sickness. And there's a reason why I'm showing you this again, okay? So the spirit here is called a spirit of sickness. In other words, Satan has spirits of sickness. And their great work in the earth is to propagate sickness and disease. But I have good news for you. God is still the same. He is an unchangeable God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I want to show you in three, in three quick thoughts um, how that God is still the same. From, from the Old Testament to New Testament and where we are right now, I want to prove to you from Scripture that his heart and his intention is for you to be healed and not just to be healed of, of, uh, in a miraculous way, uh, but for you to stay in health, to be in divine health. Are you ready for this? So in the Old Testament, point number one, in the Old Testament, God was man's healer. In the Old Testament, God was man's healer. Let's prove it. Exodus 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight... Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So he was talking to them in the Old Testament and saying to them that if you guys are able to obey all the laws, keep all the commandments, and do everything that I ask you to do, I will make sure that you don't have any of these diseases that I put on the Egyptians. And you remember those diseases that I put on the Egyptians, the ten plagues? That's what he was referring to here. For I am the Lord who heals you. Do you know what the good news for us is right now? Is that Christ has fulfilled all these conditions that he was talking about here. So when he says, if you obey all the commandments, you think about it and you say, how can I obey all the commandments without making any mistake? <laughs> That means this blessing cannot... That means I've disqualified myself from this blessing. Fortunately for you, Christ already fulfilled everything. So the, what you need to do now is to align yourself with the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for you. Say amen to that. Your job now is to align yourself, to say, I believe that Jesus said he is who he is, and I accept all that he died to provide for me. So we are able to receive the blessing without the curse. We are able to appropriate the blessing without taking part in the curse. So I always tell you guys that you can literally, today, you can go to your Bible in Exodus 15, 26, and where it says, if you diligently obey all the commandments, blah, 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 strike it out with your pen and replace it with Galatians 3:13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Glory to God. You can literally do that in the New Testament. Because Jesus has paid the price. The penalty of our sin, the Bible says the chastisement of our, of our sins was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. It is a done deal. It is a past tense. God is still forgiving sins. And he is still healing diseases. Or else, he's not the same God that he used to be. Psalm 103, verse 3. Psalm 103, verse 3. He says, He who, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Psalm 105, verse 37. I'm just trying to show you in the mouth of two or three witnesses, okay? He also brought them out. He was talking about the Israelites. He says, He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. None feeble among. Imagine people who were walking in the wilderness for years. 
the Bible says their cloth did not go old. Like, they were, like, it's, it's, it's amazing. There was none feeble among them. So whether they were young or old, it's not like, you know, you, you know how people just say, you know, I'm getting old. I can't see properly again, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, people just start, you know, die, all those kind of things. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not the confession we make. Because it says there was none, not one of them was feeble among his tribes. This is the desire of God for us. This is the plan of God for our lives. Why? Because God was their healer. Point number two. In the New Testament, God was man's healer through the Lord Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. However, you want to write that down. I'm just trying to show you that in the Old Testament and New Testament, it was the same. So in the New Testament, God was man's healer, and this was through Jesus, who was God in the flesh. When Jesus was on earth, he went about doing good. Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. He healed every sickness and disease. The only time that Jesus couldn't heal people was because they despised him. They did not believe that he was who he said he was. That was the only time. Where the Bible says, when I was showing you at the beginning of Revive, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. That was the only time. He said because of their unbelief, they hindered the power of God. So, but every other time that people believed, he was able to heal every single one of them. And not only did he do that, he also gave this power to his disciples. Mark chapter 6. He gave this same power to his disciples. Mark chapter 6 from verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This was the disciples. My question to you is, how many disciples of Jesus do I have in the room this morning? It's the same power. It's the same Jesus of Nazareth. He has not changed. So don't let anybody tell you that healing has passed away or miracles are for the past. Or they ended with the apostles. You know, all these things. Please, it's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Has God changed or is it the very same God today that it was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. Let's see whether or not he has changed. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, New Testament scripture. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He is the same. When the Bible says he is the same, the Greek expression actually literally translates to the very same identical person in every respect. The very same identical person in every respect. So that's what he's saying. That when he says, I am the same, he's saying, I am the, the very same identical person in every respect. I have not changed, and I am not going to change. So there is nothing that, look, let me tell you, the, the, the word of God and what God says about your situation, right, and your healing is more real than your experience, than what you are feeling in your body. You know, like uh, my pastor was saying this morning, that the fact that, and I've shared this with you before, that the fact that you're sitting down in a car huh, does not mean that the car belongs to you. The papers of the car is more real than you sitting down in it <laughs> when it comes to ownership. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the fact that I'm sitting down in a car and driving it huh, does not mean if I'm at home with the papers of the car huh, and I owe the paper, and you are driving my car around in the car, I, who is in possession of the paper, I have the evidence 
that the car belongs to me. If, if, you, if you doubt it, wait until the police stop you on the way. Then we will know the real owner of the car. <laughs> I'm telling you that your experience is lying to you. And I'll show you what to do when you start feeling symptoms in your body and you start feeling like, ah, what am I going to do about this? Ah, why do I feel this way? I'll show you. I just want to build it up. I don't want to jump the gun, right? Let me just build it up slowly and we'll get to that. In fact, let's even, let, me, let me just use this illustration for you so that I don't forget it. You see, if, let's, let's look at it this way. Let's say I have a phone with me now, right? Dimitri, come. Let's, let's use because me, I know that you are, you're not afraid. So this is, this, whose phone is this? This is my phone, right? Okay, so I'm, I'm giving Dimitri my phone, huh? No, no, no. Do, do I have my phone or does he have it? <laughs> okay. You know, he can have the phone in, in, in his hand, but I have my bell, my bell bill, my everything is with me, right? I have it. But here is what I want to show you in terms of the symptoms that you feel in your body. Because God can heal you and you still be feeling some symptoms. Now, do you know that I've given him my phone now, but I don't have it? Jesus said, the Bible says, God, he took away our, our infirmity. He took it. So if he took it, do I have it? It's not mine. I don't have it anymore. But this is the illustration that I really want to share with you this morning. See, the fact that I've given Dimeji my phone, huh? do you know that sometimes you have, you have surrendered your phone to him, he has gone away, and you still think you have your phone with you? And you ask me, ah, where is your phone? He says, ah, it's in my pocket. Then you say, okay, give me your phone. Then I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, I gave it to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is that, that feeling that you have is the symptoms. When you think you still have it, because you are feeling it in your body that you still have your phone, but you don't have it. He took it. Jesus took it. So what you are going to say is that this thing that I'm feeling is fake. Because if I ask you to produce that sickness, you can't produce it. It's a symptom. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a symptom. So that's what you do. God bless you, sir. That's what you do with symptoms. You, you have to be able to let, let, look, let the word of God be your reality. Take the word of God. That is your most reliable source of information. Not the way you feel in your body. What you are feeling inside your body is a lying vanity. I've, and I've shared that with you in, in Jonah before. That's what the Bible calls it. It's a lying vanity. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Let's build it up. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Look at what it says. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So it says, He bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows. Griefs is equal to sickness. Sorrow is equal to pain. Because you see, our, our, I told you our King James Bible, the way they translated these things, sometimes it's not very, very accurate. You have to understand that it's a, it's a translation of the Bible. So that's why me, as a, as a principal, I would, there's no time I want to preach or teach something that I will not go and find what the original text actually said. The, the meaning of the word that was translated grief here is actually sicknesses. And the word that was translated sorrow actually means pain. So you have sicknesses, you have pain in your body, he took it. The Bible says Jesus took it. He literally took it away from you. So you don't have it. If he it, if it took it away, is it that he took it or you still have it? So we have to choose one. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Isaiah 53 from verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. You see now, he's referring to sin now. He bore the, their iniquities. Then he went on, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the grave, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, the transgressors. Now, this is, please, you have to pay attention here again. You see, 
in, in Isaiah 53 verse 4, the first one that we read, right? The words here that was born and carried. You know, I, I explained to you that grief and sorrow means sickness and pain. When it says bore and carry, those two words, they are the exact same words that were used in Isaiah 53, 11. Am I confusing you? They are the exact same words that express the fact that Jesus bore our sin and iniquities. So when he says he, he, he bore our sickness and our pain, and when he was talking about our sin and our iniquity, the words that were used to say he bore them, they're the exact same words. So the same way he took away sin and took away sickness is the exact same way that he took away your, your, your pain and your, and your sorrow. Glory be to God. I, I, I ask God to help me understand this the best way. Because sometimes when you, are, when you read your own Bible and you get a revelation, the way to explain it is sometimes very complicated. Uh -huh. That's why I hope, you, I hope you catch this. That all I'm trying to say to you is that the way, the logical conclusion that we should draw from this is that Christ died for our sickness in the very same way that he died for our sin. So if I ask you now that are you a child of God, you have no problem telling me yes. You have no problem. If I ask you now that all your sins that you have committed, do you still have it? You will tell me no. You don't have any issue with that. You will tell me that Jesus took my sin on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. You will quote all the scripture to me. <laughs> but when I say, what about your sickness? What about your cancer? Do you have it? Is it yours? Then you say, yeah. Ah, it's my family. Ah, it's not my fault. It's my family. That's how we are. <laughs> then you start explaining it to me. <laughs> or when I ask you, that can Jesus heal all manner of sickness and disease that we saw in the Bible now? Can he heal every sickness and disease? You say, yes. Ah, it's Jesus. <laughs> he can heal anybody. <laughs> ah, Jesus? Oh, you don't know Jesus. <laughs> Jesus can heal anybody of anything. So can he heal cancer? Yes. Ah, HIV? Of course. Jesus. Ah, haven't you met Jesus? Jesus has said, Lazarus, come out. He can heal him. Then I say to you, what about you? Can he heal you? Of your own sickness. Then you pause. You say, ah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if he wants, <laughs> if it is his will, then you start explaining it away. <laughs> so it is either you understand that he took your sickness and disease, or you don't understand it. And this understanding is so vital, because this is the only way that you can keep anything that God gives you. This is the only way. That when Satan comes and is trying to put, you know, the only thing that the devil knows how to do is to lie. You know when the Bible says that somebody is, is the father of lies? You know the meaning of father of lies? Is that he's the author. <laughs> there is no truth in him. If the devil tells you that it is, it is day, out, go and check. Oh, it's not day. He doesn't have the ability to say the truth. So what he does is that he will try to convince you that the way you are feeling, and because we like feelings a lot, we are in the flesh. So it will bring symptoms to you that you, you, you might leave the, the, the stage, somebody we prayed for you here, and you knew in your body that you were healed. The minute you walk out, huh? you are healed. Though. That thing will just do like this. <laughs> then you will say, ah, ah, I thought they said I'm healed. <laughs> the first thing that comes out of your mouth is so vital. <laughs> so vi I, I'm, I, I've seen this a lot of times. I've seen these guys. I've seen this. You know, I told you about fellowship days. I've seen a lot of things that, you know, you pray for somebody you know. Like, sometimes when you're when you ministering like that, like the way we're doing, you can feel the power of God. I can't explain it to you, but you know that this is not me. This is not ordinary. You know it. So sometimes you lay hands on somebody and they fall flat. You can tell that the power of God went through this person. And they are healed. But they leave the place 
And the first symptom that the enemy eats them with, they say, ah, I knew that pastor was fake. Ah, I knew. You know, you say, what is he saying, anointed? He's not really anointed, Joe. You know, I knew it. Let me just go and take my drugs. <laughs> That's the end. So that, that symptom that was supposed to just be a symptom, now, now you have now given it authority over your body. Then it starts, it starts depressing you more. Then you start saying it more. Ah, say, oh, this thing has come back. Ah, oh, and the more you say it, the more it comes upon you. It just keeps coming upon you. And you start feeling it. That, ah, oh, I told you about when me, me I was, when the devil tried to put, put COVID on me. Ah, hey, we gathered everybody. Gathered everybody in the family. Two communions. Hey, me, me and you. COVID, me and you. <laughs> Is it that you die or I die? It's not, there's no, it's not. Did you hear about John G. Lake? That they put, they put a, a virus that just came out. They put it on the skin. He said, put microscope. Huh? They put it on the skin. Put microscope. They watched the virus die on his body. What are you talking about? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't know what that means. Is that the life of God is flowing inside of me. What is COVID? COVID-19. Let them bring 21. Ah, you have to know who you are. I'm telling you, you must know who you are. Otherwise, the devil will cheat you. He'll just be riding you and people will just be running up and down. You know, you know I like this example of Billy Brock, um, that evangelist that we used to watch on Miracles on the Mountain. My wife knows this. Let me just tell you now. Eh? They did not pay me, but let me tell you. If you're a member of this church, hmm? If you're a member of this church, hmm? you should not be watching mainstream TV. I'm telling you. Because the, the problem with, with mainstream, <clears throat> you know, you watch CNN, watch all these things, is that more than faith, it puts fear on the inside of you. Fear. Uh, so in our own house, it's Victory Channel we watch. That is, it's on 24-7, Victory Channel. If you come to my house and it's not Victory Channel, it's because there's soccer. <laughs> soccer is going on. <laughs> the minute soccer finishes, phew, we're back. So we used to watch Miracles on the Mountain. And he used to he used this, this illustration of is either Jesus took it or he didn't take it. He, he displays it very, very visibly. So I'm, I'm sure you remember this, that one woman came out and she said she had fibroids in her stomach. So she could feel the fibroids. Like it was like her stomach on the side of something was swollen. And she came out. But of course, he was already ministering to people. The anointing was already there. You know, the power of God was in the place. So she came outside and he said, do you have, you have fibroids? She said, yes. He said, check it. He said, ah, he's here. He said, he said, check it. Do you have fibroids? He said, yes. He said, where is it? He said, he's here. He, check it. The man said, ah. Ah. It's not there. <laughs> it's not more there. <laughs> and he was just laughing. <laughs> that he took your sickness. He took it. So if you took it, you don't have it. So she came outside thinking that because while she was on her seat, she could still feel it. But as she was standing in the power of God, he already knew that this woman is healed. But she was still looking for the thing. That's the problem with Christians. You know, we, are, we like sympathy, sympathy of disease. That because I have this problem, everybody must cater to me. Everybody must pay attention to me. Not over your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are supposed to be the one reaching out to people, not so that everybody will be pitying me. Ah, you know, I have this problem, so you must help me. You don't have this issue, so everybody carry my bag. <laughs> you, know? you know, we just like sympathy. Please come out of that. Come out of that. You are made for the top. You are a champion. That's who you are. So this is how you, you live your life over and above sickness and disease. I, I need to start to tie this up now because I'm getting really excited. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let's, let's try to find a way to, to tie it all up. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I want to quickly explain to you 
what he means when he says, give life to your mortal body. So when he says, quicken or give life, this is what he's talking about. That is the Greek word. But that word is a combination of two Greek words. The first one you know is very well. It's called zoe. That, that means life. The second one is poeo, which means I make. So when he says <laughs> he will give life, he's saying I will make life. So he's saying that if this thing does not exist, I'm going to create it. That's what he's talking about. So he's not confused about what it takes for you to stay in divine health. He's saying that the Spirit of God will literally create the life. It will make the life and give it to your mortal body through his spirit that dwells on the inside of you. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Therefore, this is the final point now. We need to come to a point where we are taking hold together with the Spirit against the sickness. This is the challenge. You see, if I say, I mean, this monitor is small, so I can't use it. If it was a bigger one, let's say I want to carry that other one over there, right? And, and because of the size, and I'm holding, maybe I'm holding something else in my hand, and I have just one hand, I will call doctors and say, come and Come and take hold together with me for it, right? But what we want as Christians is that we want the Spirit to carry it for us. So we don't want to be a part of the, of the equation. We just want to sit down, be in a healing service, doubt everything that is going on, huh? be checking it out. That, ah, they said all oh, these people are fake. So you are watching. As you are doing it, you say, ah, did that person come in lame? Okay, he came in lame. Okay, okay, it's, only, it's good, it's good. See that? Ah, that one is working. They will now come and say it's lame now. <laughs> you know, you're analyzing the whole thing. You are watching out. And you sit down there and you still expect a miracle. No. No. It is by laying hold together, which means that as you are coming in, you are coming in full of faith with the supply of the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of you. You are so charged. Look, <laughs> I remember one time, I'm sure my wife remembers this, when we were in fellowship, when we took one of our friends to a healing service a very popular evangelist in Nigeria, we drove like miles and miles to go and do this healing service. Like we fasted, we prayed. We, if I was to say we're the ones going to preach. We were so charged up that, ah, you know, that's why I understand the story of the four friends that tore the roof. It's not because they just, no, 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 no. They were coming with a supply that today, today is today. No, <laughs> no devil, <laughs> no devil anywhere. That, ah. And I remember that day we were so charged that whatever it would take, when we got to the place and there was traffic, we left our car and carried her. That today you are going to the altar. <laughs> Nothing will stop us. <laughs> That's how you approach these things. With faith in your heart, you come with faith. And we lay hold together with the Spirit. So we cannot be at, at odds with the Holy Ghost when it comes to healing. That the Spirit is saying you are healed, but you are saying, ah, but I'm not healed now. Ah, how can I say I'm healed when I'm not healed? <laughs> ah, but I'm getting old now. How can I say I'm, I'm not getting old when I'm getting old? <laughs> You are at odds with the Holy Ghost. You are at odds. And a miracle doesn't happen that way. Miracle happens when we are in alignment with the Word of God. We are in alignment with the Spirit of God. And we know that our reality, what, is, what, is, what it appears as it is, is, is a fact, but it's not the truth. Aha. There is a difference between the fact that you feel and the truth of God's Word. That is what we align our realities with. So we take hold together with the Spirit. Okay? I have five minutes. I, I'm sure I can, I can finish this. So, why should you expect your healing? 
Let me give you the points together now so that you, you understand this once and for all. Why should you expect your healing? We have said because God used to heal the sick in the Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. So he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's the first reason. You can expect to be healed and you can expect to stay in health because God healed in the Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha. Number two, because Christ died on the cross to atone for our sicknesses just the same way he atoned for our sins. So as easy as it is for you to believe that by saying a simple prayer, you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, it has to be that easy for you to understand that he took your sickness and your disease. Say amen to that. Finally, because all sickness is the result of Satan's work, please never attribute sickness or disease to Jesus Christ. It is the result of Satan's work. When he introduced sin into this world and Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So, the Holy Spirit today is on the earth representing Jesus and his work is to vitalize our mortal body, to literally give life to our mortal body, to create that life on the inside of us, that we are above sickness, we are above diseases, and whether or not we feel symptoms in our body, we understand that our job is to align ourselves with the reality of God's word, and we will see those experiences manifested in our lives. So, if all this is true, we must expect him to still heal the sick today, not just to heal us when we are sick, but for us to be channels and instruments of the healing virtue and the healing power of God to other people. And the fulfillment of this depends upon the exercise of our own faith. It depends on the exercise of our own faith. So I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you that healing does actually belong to you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And by the power of the Spirit, we ask that you speak us to this Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.